shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. Philippians chapter 1. I know we've been doing Ephesians. We'll still revisit Ephesians at a later time. We have stopped at Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, but praise God, I was just, I don't know, it just so happened. I, uh, I felt in my spirit this morning as I was just, uh, sometimes, you know, I was going through like uh, EGFM, Neon Living Way, uh, you know, YouTube, and then I, I just came into one of the epistle lives that I think the current one they are working on is Ephesians. And it just dropped to my heart to visit there today. So, uh, we're going to be visiting the epistles. Ephesians, uh, Philippians just happens to be right after Ephesians. Amen. So, uh, I, I feel we're going to visit there today by the message of God. And I don't know what God has in store for us, but I believe He's going to bless us today. I believe He's going to bless us today as we journey together. Amen. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. So, I'm reading from Philippians chapter 1. Uh, verse 1 as we begin today Paul and Timothy's Timothy the servants of Jesus Christ to all the saints in Christ Jesus which are at Philippi with the bishops and deacons so uh, is if you notice one thing in the epistles most many of times they're writing to believers most of the epistles were written for to believers meaning conduct for believers how to live for believers, you can revelation for believers, majority of the epistles. Praise God. We're written for believers. So the sense in Christ Jesus, which are Philippi, with the bishops and deacons. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine. For you, all making requests with joy, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. You see, so it's very clear that, that Paul was very confident of this very thing. It means that there's, he has there's a confidence he has in God. Amen. In Jesus, in the Holy Ghost, that will carry you through to the end. That's one of the most, I think that's one of the most, um, what's the, word, the scariest things in this part of journey. Am I going to finish well? Am I going to end well? Because I know by the time you, in fact, without even us teaching you, showing you that it's a long journey. There's something about nature of man that when they hear this kind of gospel, they know that the gospel is not just is not just quick. <laughs> you got what I mean? It's not just you get it today. Like the first time you listen to Reverend K, you listen to any of us, um, amen. By the time you see the depth of the insight and knowledge, you will know that you are far. And that thought inside your spirit, man, when you know that you are far, what does that mean? Journey is long. 
Do you get me? So you are far from where this this place this person is a place in the spirit that you are far from. So the gap is far. So it means journey is long. So many times people who engage in the journey of righteousness, one of the biggest uh, contemplations of the heart is would I finish well? Am I going to complete this journey? Am I going to arrive at my expected end? And some of us knowing our infirmities, that's the thing even heightens the fear. <laughs> Amen. Amen. And that's why some of those infirmities that don't, that don't go quick. And you say, me, I'm still, I know some, some of my, my people they say, ah, I can't believe I still, I still think these thoughts. Or I still do this, this. Or I still have this, this, this. With all the revelation I'm hearing, they get me. So imagine that, that feeling. is like with all the revelation I'm hearing, there are still many infirmities. And that thing can, also, that thing can be discouraging. Can be discouraging for many. So Paul, writing to the Philippian church, was encouraging them that, and me, I'm very confident in this fact. Because it's not, essentially, Paul is not saying, it's not me that's the walk. The main being who is who is powering this walk is no man but the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Is no man but the Holy Ghost. Being confident of this very thing that he which began, that had begun a good work in you, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, I remember many years ago, I was doing my master's up in D.C. in Victoria. And uh, typically, when you want to go from Victoria to Vancouver, because every time I go up there, I want to just go to Vancouver at least once, walk around, see, see some things. So I went to, I was taking the ferry, I had to take the ferry across the Pacific Ocean because all that area is like part of the ocean. And the Lord, you know, normally you stay inside, but the Lord, the Lord just told me to go out, go outside. So I went to the balcony area, see the ocean. And he now told me that, can you dam the ocean? You get me? Like, damn it, like, build and cover it and stop it and contain it. I was like, no. Then he said, so is my word. You can't, no one can, no one can contain it. You get what I mean? Can, can restrain it. Can say, okay, we are in prison, we are stopping it. <laughs> because the, the word of God is like many waters, like the oceans. Praise God. It will break through the dam. So the Lord was, was just encouraging me that year. I think it was 2014 or 2015. He was just encouraging me that this word, that's what I was trying to say, this word of righteousness, it didn't have a mind of his own. <laughs> you get what I mean? It has a mind of his own. It means it get where they go. And nobody can stop it. <laughs> it's the, it, it, it powers itself. Amen? It powers itself and it keeps pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing. And sometimes, maybe for example, let's say it appears like maybe in Edmonton, the thing is restrained, for example. God will break out in Calgary. That's how the world operates. If the Calgary thing is being constrained, God will break out in Grand Prairie, break out in Ottawa, break out. There's always a breakout somewhere. That's how the world operates. He has, the, he has his own manner of way. Praise the name of the Lord. And so, for you, for you as an individual, trust the word. That's the first statement that Paul is trying to 
bring out to the church of Philippia. This word that began a good work in you. The word itself, which you're agreement to. You get me? It's not like this 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 journey is not really per se laborious for you. But the labor from you is a fighting evil spirits that want to make you break covenant with the world. That's the labor. That's the labor. I remember if you go to if you go to uh, Genesis 15, I just want to show you a, a little point. God told Abraham to go and sacrifice. God told Abraham to go and sacrifice for him. Um, then let's see, let's see a little bit of the story of what happened there. Let's see Genesis chapter 15. Praise God. I believe everyone is doing well. Amen. Genesis chapter 15. From verse 8. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And he said unto him, Take me an hypha of three years old, and a she-goat of three years old, and a ram of three years old, and a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he took unto him all these, and divided them in the midst, and laid each pit one son, and there is another, but the birds divided it not. Now verse 11. And when the fowls, those are fowlers, evil spirits, when the fowls came upon the carcasses, what did Abraham do? Abraham drove them away. The sacrifice was not for them. You'd have thought that, okay, God will come and fight for his own sacrifice. No. Abraham knows his fight. He had to protect the sacrifice that is for God. Later on, if you, if you check later on down, God came and, and passed by the sacrifice. Where is that? Where is that? Verse 17. And it came to pass that when the sun went down and it was dark, behold, a smoking furnace and a burning lamp that passed between those pieces. That was the sacrifice. And then after that, it began to prophesy. So that was God in, the, in that form coming to take the smell, the savour of the sacrifice. So if Abraham just slept and left, left the fowls to come and eat the sacrifice, no prophecy. Because it was after God would come and take the sacrifice, I began to, in the same day, the Lord made a covenant, meaning no covenant. Verse 18 was when covenant happened. So the, the Lord came, passed by the sacrifice, received the incense of the sacrifice. Then in the same day, verse 18, he made a covenant with Abraham. Amen. So the Bible will say, can two walk together except they agree? I want to begin to rightly divide the terms of the agreement. The terms of the agreement is that it is God who worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Meaning, God brings the energy of the world, the energy of grace, the energy of the Spirit. That energy is enough to power you through the end. Just staying under the word, just staying under the word, is enough to power you until the end. But now, there's, there's now a, a side to your end, to you. Now, when the word is coming, praise God. When the word is coming, when the word is coming, it's not coming to an empty vessel. Otherwise, you'd have been dead. 
The world is coming to a verse who already has knowledge. He already has word. I don't know. I don't know if you are getting me. Who already has word? Who already has wisdom of life? Amen. That the world did not inform. Sure, you get me. So before we started really engaging the scripture, we were already living. Many of us were already wise. Many of us already had some knowledges that we're using to live. Some of us were even okay without Bible. <laughs> Do you get me? All those things that make us okay, that made us wise, that made us knowledgeable without Bible. Those things are the problem. So when the Bible is coming to a man, word is coming to a man, the word is has enough energy to push these things out. But there's one problem. You have to agree with his energy. You have to agree with his push. You have to agree with his, the change that it is introducing into your system. If you don't agree with that change, it will appear as though the world is powerless. All it needs, because first of all, those other things, when they came, they came also by your agreement. Praise the name of the Lord. They came also by what? By your agreement. What is an agreement? For example, um, some people have come to, some salesmen, praise God. Some salesmen have come to sell us things before. And we did not agree, we, we rejected them. Whereas there were some other salesmen who also came to sell you something. <laughs> that you agreed with them. Meaning you, you bought what they were selling. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, without your agreement, whatever is coming to you, word that you are buying, word or knowledge that you are receiving cannot prosper in your vessel. Without your agreement. These are just some key laws that we need to begin to understand. So, if, for example, when let me even take it to school. Let's say your professor is teaching you something, whatever it is, but you don't agree. I, I, I know this for a fact because there was, one, there was one professor I had in university. I was taking a theology class. I was taking a theology class, and I was just just to the story. <laughs> it was a funny one. I was taking a theology class, and he gave us a paper to write. And the paper was based on a book. And the book was trying to combine evolution with Bible. So the book was pretty much saying that Genesis is a lie. We should just put Genesis aside first. And then now, now, now marry evolution and Bible. And the concept was that God, God permitted evolution. You get <laughs> And evolution was the one that now made man. So, me, writing the paper, I was, not, I was angry. I was not happy. I now wrote paper that scattered the book. The professor gave me... <laughs> I almost made the whole class because of that paper. <laughs> I leveled the book. <laughs> Praise God. So, I, used to, I did not buy what the professor was selling. And if I don't buy something, if I don't agree with it, amen, I can't use it. I can't use it. Everybody is selling us something, let me just tell you. 
We won in school. If you go to most universities now, they are, they, the way they sell climate change, whether it's true or not true, yeah, that one, that one's not, but the way they sell it, you cannot pass through school nowadays without believing in, in climate change. I don't know what climate change has to do with engineering. Is this an engineering course? They put, <laughs> they put it everywhere. You will see that concept of climate change. They, they now, they, so by the time you are coming out, you start believing in it. Except you are fighting it as it's coming. And you will find that maybe in such classes you may not be doing as well in that area of the class. Uh-huh. So, any, for you to use a knowledge or use a law or use a knowledge or use a wisdom, you must agree with it. Amen. Praise God. So, from my mother's womb, as this psalmist will say, I was conceived in sin. Meaning I've been making agreements from my mother's womb. One, such, the most, one of the most earliest agreements I knew I made was when I was in primary school. I forget, maybe GSS 1 or 2. I used to have a friend called Clifford. I mean, I shared this story before. The guy was a very skilled guy at picking money from the floor. Five naira, ten naira, very skillful. And first, my, you know, my, my parents, all our parents would tell us never to steal money. They would teach us that thing. They would ingrain that thing. Do you get me? You, so, me, I will not be stealing. I will see five naira, I will leave it. He will pick it, I will not pick it. That's how it was for weeks, but it was my friend. That was the agreement. It was my friend. But I have not agreed yet with that attitude, with that law, that knowledge. Praise the name of the Lord. So, but after some time, after the guy will start buying me small jollof rice with plantain and small meat inside, I, I know where the money is coming from. After a while, I made agreement as well. I was converted. Without saying anything, he was a selling, he was a, he was a salesman. Amen. So by the time agreement was made, five naira, ten naira. That's the agreement. Before you know, by the time I enter senior secondary school, <laughs> elevation. Before you, know, you start stealing uniforms when you are in boarding school, then you start from five naira uniforms, all manners of things. Why? Because you have made agreement. With a knowledge, with a wisdom, or with a law. Before you know it, the law becomes who you are. So when you now say somebody is a thief, only you get nothing. It means the guy has used he first. He first has made agreement with stealing. Become it. Used it over time. That by nature is a thief. And there are obvious ones and less obvious ones. The ones that are less obvious are those guys in our Senate. That, and they are the worst. That they don't look like thieves. They, don't like, they are not armed robbers. They don't actually go to anybody's house to break in and steal. But they break the whole, into the whole nation and steal the whole thing. And yet they will be exalted and praised. People will be driving them, drivers, everybody, police will be following them as though they are okay. Now, I, I was in, I remember in secondary school, maybe I, I went to King's College, so 
some of the boys there, they were probably sons of uh, people, right? Uh, renowned people, senators, house of rep. So by that, I started asking some of them, what do you want to be? What, how do you want to solve Nigeria this problem? And whatever. They used to, everybody would call it national cake. That if I get there, I'll also take my piece of the national cake. At this age. <laughs> that means when you actually get there, you do worse than your father's. <laughs> If at this age you've made an agreement with stealing. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, uh, for the sake of those who just joined, I, we began to, we are reading from the book of Philippians chapter 1, where he was saying that uh, the point where we have stopped, Amen. The point where we have stopped is verse 6. Being confident of, of this very thing, that he that had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He that has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. So we began to talk about how it is the Lord Jesus, it's him that will, who began this work, who will continue performing it until the, your, your finality, your inheritance. Amen? So, and we talked about how that work is called the word of God, the implantation of Christ, of the doctrine of Christ, of the word of God into your soul. That is the good work, when Christ is formed in you. Uh, amen? Amen? So the spirit of Christ, or the spirit of truth, is the one who began the good work. And he has energy, he has enough grace to finish it. Amen? Then we now moved into talking about what, what is your role, your, your agreement in this journey. Now God has the word, God has the Christ, God has the energy, the grace, to bring you to the end. So we are now understanding that your own part is to make agreement with the energy that God is bringing to you. Amen? So, and we are going into the details of it. Your own part is to make agreement with the energy that God is bringing your way. Which is the energy of His Word and the energy of His grace. So, the Spirit of Truth, they also call Him the Spirit of Grace. The Holy Ghost is the bringer of revelation. Of word and it's also the bringer of grace, grace's ability to do it to bring it to pass, amen. Hallelujah, amen. Does anyone have any questions at this point before I continue? I want to engage us today in this Philippians, you engage us in that exercise of your role in receiving. From the Lord. Amen. Your role in receiving from the Lord. Amen. And this is where the intensity of the intensity of the warfare is. In the fact that God has already has all the power to change you. But the problem is in here. You also are living by powers before God brought power. And this one is the problem. Amen. So I was saying earlier that before you started accessing the revelation word, 
you were already living a life. And you were already, already living a life based on what you already knew. And out of what you already knew, you gained wisdom for living. And so it means that, you know, as unbelievers and even many Christians who are carnal, can live their entire life without Bible. Mostly. Mostly. For example, why would, if you know you cannot live your entire life without Bible, why would many be complaining when people are preaching too much? <laughs> if, if the preaching, if the world was your life indeed, it means that you don't really see the need of it yet. You have not yet seen how this revelation word is actually your life. So what does that mean? You have a life already. May God help us to paint this thing well. You, you, you already have a self-existing life that you are living by and you are prospering with. The Bible, the preachers are just an addition. Word is just an addition. It's not really the, it hasn't penetrated as your life yet. Praise God. If you think back to maybe when you first got born again, how many of us just enjoy word first? No. It's worship. Praise, praise. In all of worship, I'm like praise. So we like praise festival a lot. <laughs> we like, when they are doing praise and worship, after praise and worship are finished, you, you have opened your phone. The rest is just, you know, part of, part and parcel of the labor, you know, the service. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So it means at that time, what were you? You were canal. Meaning you had life. Another life. You did not see the need for word as your life. At that stage. <coughs> Amen. Amen. So... It, when word wants to now come, word already has all the energy for all the salvation. But how are you responding to what is coming is now is, is the, the, the final metric of how you grow. Now, if a soul is not growing, it has nothing to do with the word. The word is coming already. If a soul is not growing... It has everything to do with prior agreements before the word came. Prior constitutions of life before the word came. Prior wisdoms of living before the word came. Amen. So, the walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's not the salvation part, the word part problem. It's the you part problem. Being able to be quick in responding to change that the word is bringing. Amen. As we journey in these Philippians, you now later, you know, it's in these Philippians from chapter 2. You will now see, uh, that, uh, let every, let us have, uh, the, what's the word? Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That is chapter 2, verse 5. Down. You will get there. You start talking about humility. That's what it will take. I, I tell many people, the, the law, the, the most perfect law for this journey, 
the Lord that will take you through this journey of learning is meekness. Humility. How do I know? It's God who said it. Somebody help me read Isaiah 66. Verse 1 and 2. Isaiah 66 verse 1 and 2. Say the Lord, the heaven is my throne, and the earth is my footstool. Where is the house that ye belong to me, and where is the place of my rest? For all those things have my hand made, and all those things have been, say the Lord. But to this man will I look, even to him that is of a poor and of a contrite spirit, and trembleth at my word. So, so uh, to this man will I look, even to him that is at a, a, a poor, a contrite spirit, and then what again? And trembleth. You see the pre. You see the prequels. All the pre qualifications. All the pre qualifications. All the prerequisites for the inheritance of that word, that that Christ, that formation of that word called Christ. Contrite, poor spirit, broken spirit, trembling, trembling at my word. Why? Because what does trembling help you do? Tr trembling helps you change quick. Yes. Word, as word is coming. Trembling helps you change quick. When you are trembling at the word, it means you are no longer trembling for the wrong thing, the wrong spirits again. Amen. And you know, it's who you tremble for that you wear, that you take up, you listen to. Think about it. Many of us tremble at our fathers, our earthly fathers. We are sometimes afraid of our earthly fathers. So sometimes, when you don't want your father to give a verdict, you will tell your siblings, "Don't tell, don't tell Papa." Oh, you guys, something. I know someone shared an example that there was, uh, uh, there was a brother who uh, he had failed the class. He don't know how he's going to tell his parents. So somebody now helped him, now gave him money to just pay for the class. So he can just retake the class again by himself without saying anything. <laughs> what caused all that? Fear. So it's who you fear. There are many things that because of the fear of your father, there are many things you can't just do, misbehave. Even from Canada, they are in, in Nigeria. Do you get me? There are there are still something you still some things that you know that if, ah, I have to be careful. It's fear. So fear is actually a good thing if it's pointed in the right direction to the right person. Amen. Now there are two kinds of fear. There are two kinds of ways to make a man fear you. There are two kinds of ways to make a man fear you. One is more permanent than the other. Now hear me. The first method to make a man fear you is by oppressing him. Physically, making him physically fear your, your fist. Do you get me? 
or maybe the fear of losing your job. You see that kind of thing, that kind of fear. That's a powerful fear, but it, it thing has a, a time limit. A time will go, will come where you will find another job. You will be the one to tell the boss <laughs> to go ahead. Here we go and live his life somewhere. A time will go, let's say it come, maybe in boarding school, you are afraid of a senior who used to beat you. A time will come where the senior will graduate. <laughs> and that fear will be dealt with. That's the kind of fear Satan uses most of the time. But there's also a second kind of fear he uses, which is more dangerous. There are two kinds. I told you there's one fear. One fear is by bullying and oppression. That will be afraid of the person. Amen. A second kind of fear is by love. This one is more difficult to untwist. If you love something, you'll be afraid of losing it. They say you really you love this thing. You don't want to lose it. So what's the fear? The fear is that I don't want to lose this thing. So you now begin to do all manners of things. Do you get me? Make sure you don't lose this thing. So, for example, when a sister loves a brother, not so, before you know it, anytime the brother is maybe call on the phone, messaging, you want to be everywhere, checking, go on the social media. <laughs> Do you get me? <laughs> Why? Why all that checks? It's because you are afraid that maybe somebody else, you are afraid of losing. So now let's bring it to spiritual terminology. Love not the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Do you know why? When you love the world, you will fear the world more than you fear God. That's why. What do I mean by that? When you are carnal, you are fleshy, you are a lover of this world and the things that are in the world. Amen? Because the things that are in the world, they have price tag. All of a sudden, you find that you don't have, you have no time for God. Why? Because you got to work. You have to study. You have to work. And when you are working and making good money, you'll be afraid of losing that work because of the money, because you are worldly. Am I communicating? So you will now be doing additional uh, upgrades all the time. <laughs> More certifications, 5, 20, 30. You just want to be upgrading all the time because you are afraid. It's not the work you are afraid of. You are afraid of the money they are paying you. Why? Because you have a certain standard of living called this world in your mind. And as long as that standard is there, you will need to make X amount of money to meet that standard. And the labor it takes to make that X amount of money may involve you not having time for God. And when push comes to shove, for example, when... <laughs> Glory to God. I've seen it happen many times. For example, when, okay, ah, I like this uh, life meeting, you know, I like this, well, this deep teaching. Ah, I've seen things. But when, fear of the, when the world brings its demand with this fear, as simple, before you know it, ah, ah, what happened? They said, ah, no, I'm so busy now. I'm working. Then I'm also doing a second job. Then I'm also in school. Ah, at the same time. <laughs> Why all those things at the same time? Fear. Where's the fear coming from? 
you are afraid of losing your love, which is this world. Are you saying that? That one is a more difficult one to deal with. So when God was saying, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For if any man love the world, another word, in any man fear this world, the fear of the Father, or the love of the Father will not be in him. Because love and fear, they are intertwined. It's what you are afraid of that last, last you will be. Last, 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 last is what you will be, what you are afraid of. Amen. Amen. So you will see that. Praise God. This happens. These are these are decisions that we make all the time in our lives. Fear decisions. Sometimes maybe God will bring some instructions our way, or the Lord will make us want to be more committed to His Word. But you know, sometimes we know the time consummation it demands. Am I communicating? And because you have some world ambitions that you need to meet, what will happen? That's how you know your fear. The first, why is it the first thing we want to drop is word? <laughs> That's the first thing. When, when things get busy, you get me? The first thing you want to drop is the word. Is where the, the fellowship of that word. Or reduce it. It means all those in these are these are these are decision makings that happen, judgments, calls that happen in our day-to-day living. Prioritizing judgment calls. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I remember, let me give you my own practical example. I remember when in one of the first jobs I did, I used to work in a lab called Maxam. And then I used to, normally, normal, most, most workplaces, they are, work is what, 9 to 5. Uh-huh. But me, any time there is overtime, I will take it. And there was always overtime. So I will not only work 9 to 5, I will work 9 to 9, most days. Then Saturday, I will come and work again. Because they always short staff, I don't know what some of them come, they always short staff on weekend. So, and then I will always be picking shit, picking shit, picking it, picking it, picking it. Whether as long as it's available, I want to I'll pick in it. And then I was kind of reading what the word of righteousness, liking the word of God, but I was finding myself so busy I couldn't hear word. But God knew at that hour he couldn't judge my word yet. So that's why he did the other one. Say I should be I can be playing message and sleep off. It was messy, it's not, it's not how we should be. <laughs> <Get me? laughs> that was actually a messy operation. Because he knows that, you know, sometimes God knows he can't just come and judge the world in you yet. And many of us are still like that. He can't just come and judge the world in us yet. He will first make arrangements, provisions around us, just to keep us in contact with the word of God. But hindsight 2020, I could have dropped some shifts. I didn't have to work as much as I claimed I was working. I was not the only person there. It was fear that was causing me to take every shift. So that my boss can like me, so that they will never fire me. Blah, 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 blah. Eventually, the, when I was mature, you know, Holy Ghost is one who told me to carry my bag and leave that place. <laughs> and find something else to do. And when, let me balance it, because sometimes it's not just, when Holy, when Holy Ghost told me that instruction, it took me another almost nine months to finally leave. 
And sometimes that's how it should be. Some Holy Ghost is not in a haste. You, sometimes you need to confirm it. So if maybe you're at your workplace and you say you feel the Holy Ghost is telling you to leave, first calm down. You get me? I'll give it time to understand why and the timing of your living. It's not just about you living, it's also about when you leave. Are you seeing those two? All still must abide balance well. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen. I know most of you are. Are you enjoying today? I've just been talking. Amen. I've been talking quite a lot. Amen. Praise God. I know Sister Ope had another appointment. She had told me earlier. So that's why she had to step out. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. So, the, that journey, so I was talking about fear and love, not so how they are connected. Uh-huh. How they are connected. Fear and love. So now, this is now back to the problem. When the word of God is coming, it's coming to a lover. Somebody who loves things. Meaning somebody who is afraid of losing the things they currently have. That's the problem. All your warfare is this. Not this guy. It's this guy that will make you to say, don't listen to this guy again. When, you remember the parable of the sower? When challenges of life came. Not so. For on the beds of the air, fowls. Remember I started with fowls? <laughs> that Abraham, Abraham sacrificed. That fowls wanted to go and eat the sacrifice. That was the first one. The beds of the air came and stole the seed. Because they had no good ground. The second one, when they, were, they received the word with joy, but once trouble came, tribulations, which will surely come. Do you know what tribulation really is? Tribulation is the word coming in here and fighting these things inside here. That's what's called tribulation. Do you know why? These are the things you love. The frame of your soul. The things that are inside who you, you right now. That were inside you before the word began to come to you with power. I'm not communicating. Those things are the things you love. The things that you live by. The wisdoms that have profited you in the time past. You've prospered with these things before. So when the word of God is coming, it's trying to change you to a new kind of living. So it's called tribulation. Because the old one, you loved it. It does not want to go. And you feel pain when you have to not, something that you used to be used to do before, that you used to work before, is no longer working. It brings pain. It's called tribulation. Praise God. I'm laboring in the realm of Christ today. Some, some, some details. Amen. So, for example, now, let me now make it more plain. Do you know when you first got born again, you are still canal? We all know that one. Uh-huh. But God has an allocation in Christianity called milk that can relate with a canal believer. Amen. So, the milk is sweet. Milk actually meets your canal needs. But at least... What he attaches to the meeting of your fleshly needs or your carnal needs is that it makes you love God more. So at least progress is made. Before, you were not loving God really as much. 
you are born again. But when milk is coming, milk will make you taste this, that, all these beautiful carnal things. Amen. But uh, what we attach to it is a greater belief in God. Amen. Because you believed God for the carnal thing now, and He brought it to you, so you believe God more. It, it grows like that. That's what. That's the dimension, the arrangement, the arena of milk. Amen. And a bit more. Praise God. Now, when a soul now enters into word of righteousness for soul for living, the doctrine of Christ, remember the word for living, what will happen is that those carnal things used to get quick, quick, sharp, sharp, Jehovah sharp, sharp. They, will, they can begin to slow them down. Are you seeing that? So you will no longer be knowing him as Jehovah uh, what, are they, what are the word? <laughs> Jehovah Sharp Sharp. Jehovah Ephesi. You are no longer feeling him like that. What you are now meeting, what you are now encountering is Jehovah Yahweh. <laughs> Jehovah the Lord. <laughs> as another dimension. <laughs> Praise God. And so, what will happen to such a soul? Hey! I'm suffering, oh! I'm suffering, oh! Look at my life. Now let me give, let me give us the example. Imagine, imagine all of us here, we are on this call right now. All of us are in milk, and when we are gisting, Iyanu, Iyanu will tell me yesterday. I just prayed to God today. He answered me. I got my healing. Dami will be like, in fact, today as I just prayed, somebody just called me that the job is waiting for me. Before I you know, Jennifer will give her own testimony that I've been trusting God for a brand new car. Guess what just happened? This and that and that. Next week, the tire is coming. Then me, I used to give testimony too like that before. But now, I don't have... This week, when we are doing our gist, I don't have anything to add. <laughs> Next week, I don't have much to add again. Maybe by two in a month, and I, I look at God, I was trusting God for school fees, and then somehow God now brought it to... But you see, you see the frequency you now reduce. It will now start micromanaging you more. How would you feel? Like no longer loves me. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how you will feel. Then what would they, what do they call that? Delay. Delay. Uh huh. Mm. Suffering. Suffering. It produces pain. Mm. It produces pain, especially because you are seeing people who the thing is still is it working is working quickly. You are seeing it. You are seeing the testimonies. But yours is now a bit delayed. Yours is now a bit dragged a bit. Because they are not, they're not trying to judge the carnality that is even desiring those things in the first place. Are you seeing it? It's not easy to let it go. This is where, the, this is where, this is where the, it's here that determines how quickly you grow or how slow you grow. How quickly you are responding to the energies of the world or how slow you are responding to the power in the world. It's here the thing is it's, it's, it's determined. Here, it's here. This is where the agreements are. This is where the covenants are. Let's see some scripture. Let's open to Isaiah 28. Oh, glory to God. Isaiah 28. 
Verse 15, I'll read. Because ye have said, We have made a covenant with death, and with hell are we at agreement. When the overflowing scourge shall pass through, it shall not come unto us, for we have made lies our refuge. Lies our refuge, and under falsehood have we hid ourselves. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation a stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. He that believeth shall not make haste. Judgment also will I lay to the line, and righteousness to the plummet. And the hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water shall overflow the hiding place. And your covenant with death shall be disannulled, and your agreement with hell shall not stand. So, we've made agreements and covenants. That was what I was trying to extract. We've made agreements and covenants in time past. So, when the word is coming, they want you to make new agreements. Now, for example, let me now make it play. Let's say you have a a TV provider right now is Shaw. Your agreement is with Shaw. Amen. But Telus now knocks on your door and says they are offering you half the price. You can't just take Telus like that, can you? You have to call Shaw and break your agreement. Are you seeing it? This is where the problem is. And sometimes, right now, when the time you now think about a couple of days, you now think about the stress of calling sure. And maybe that you still have, you still even have to pay some penalty because you have a contract that is six months to expire. But when you calculate the money share, you are still saving maybe about five hundred dollars with Telus. But now you are just lazy. The, stru- the, the stress to call sure, you don't even know whether they will pick. You will now be on the line for one hour waiting for a customer service agent. <laughs> All that stress. Sometimes some people will now say, "Okay, I'll do it later." I'll wait, I'll wait the six months, let the contract expire, then I'll call tell. Are you see, see, people make different decision makings once they have to do that extra work of breaking an existing agreement to take up a new agreement. So some people are quick. Right there and then, they are calling sure. They like the $500. Some people will say, no, I'll wait six months to call sure. Some people will say the stress is too much. In fact, let's just continue. We don't manage sure. I mean, am I not working? Am I not earning enough money? We'll just, I mean, maybe later, when eventually we'll think about it, when sure's this thing expires. So, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just, I'll just get to my mind. That, this is how I am with my car insurance. They, they keep increasing every year. And I want to, I want to find somebody else, but the labor. <laughs> The time, I don't have the time, the labor to, I'll, I'll put it in my calendar because October is when I'm supposed to call before they send me a new, a new renewal for a year. October, October will not come and I'll be so busy. And I'll say, okay, I'll just manage them for another year. Next year, I'll, I'll, I'll do it. So for two years running, this is the third year now, I've been saying I will find somebody else, but I've not yet done it yet. <laughs> Even though if I take the time, I may save some money. I may save $200, $300 out of my, my insurance cost. So are you seeing souls? These souls are in different kind of energy levels to break agreements 
and make new agreements. Now, hear me. If Telos never came to make you an offer, it would the, the difficulty in breaking Shaw's agreement will increase the most. Do you see that? It's not natural for people to say, okay, let me just go. Sometimes some people go and find other deals. That means, that means the current agreement was really bad. And thank God if you're like that, who you just naturally just hunger for the world and know that your, your previous state of living was not good. But not many people are like that. Many people, they have to offer them a deal. Telos has to actually come and present something better. Before they now even say, okay, I want to switch to Telos. But even the switch now, remember, after they've come and they presented you with a new agreement, you know you still have to break the old agreement. You know that song, there's this song, break your covenant with sin and death. You have to break it. You have to break it. And the energy to break it is coming from the revelation that you are hearing. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 The energy to break it is coming from the revelation of the word. That's where the energy is coming from. But then sometimes we are still, even though we have the energy, sometimes we are still slow to actualize the breaking of the wrong covenant. We are still slow in responsiveness of heart to receive enough to break the covenant. Praise the name of the Lord, somebody. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So now, uh, let's go back to Philippians chapter 1. And I'll put a question out to the floor. So based on that verse 6 now, we say, Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun, begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, now that we know he has the energy, the power to perform it, to finish bring it to conclusion. Now, we've gone through the understanding of what your role is. Can somebody help me and bring it back, bring it home? What do I need to do to assist my development in Christ? And what are some good characters to have in this process. Let's make it some practical, be practical in that way. Amen. Who wants to go? We'll go. Um, so, like he rightly said, I have to, we have to agree with the word and quickly respond. And he also mentioned that one law that would see us through is the law of uniqueness. Uh-huh. As yes. Described in Isaiah 66, sorry, 1 to 2, that that's the people that God looks at. He talked about trembling mm-hmm. and that it's who you tremble for that you eventually obey. Yes. And how we submit to what we fear. And then you talked about the passage that says that love not, if you love the world, the love of the Father is not in you, meaning that if you 
fear the world than you're not able to fear the father. Mm -hmm. So we make more progress if we quickly agree. Yes. Because but, uh, something that will help us agree is having the attitude of meekness and humility. Uh-huh. Praise God. Wonderful. Wonderful. Anybody else want to try? Amen. All right, Jennifer, go ahead. I'm just going to add that um, okay. one, of, one of the attitudes that I think can help one grow is um, the, the desire to keep hearing. Yeah. It's commit by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Very Sometimes, yeah. you know, like um, the parable, the story of the parable, uh, is it parable? Yeah, parable of the sower. When the, uh, the word came and at different times, the word was stolen. So when we keep hearing, even though we might have forgotten some some of the things that we have heard before, mm -hmm. but when we hear again, the the strength or should I say the energy to want to do more, I mean to want to obey, will be there again. And mm -hmm. then um, I think we should be open. We should have uh, a desire to want to become what we are hearing, yes. and that would help us to want to pray to actually actualize everything that we have heard. Praise so God. That we do then. Yeah. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. Praise God. So desire to keep hearing. Then responding to what you are hearing. Uh-huh. Praise God. Latina, did you have anything to add? Um, what I wanted to say is just similar to what she said. I think for me I would say in addition to everything else, it's just to keep coming to him, right? Mm -hmm. Because there's that scripture that says that it's God that works in us to will and to do. But the first step is to always make ourselves available. Like, yes. always come. Always even come. Even when you don't, um, I mean, even when you don't feel like willing or doing, I mean, just take that first step of, you know, making yourself available yes. in his presence, like coming. Yes. And, yeah. So. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 So now, now, let me go even a bit deeper. Praise God. A, more, a bit more granular in a day-to-day -day life. So, you know, in one day, there's 24 hours, not so. There's 24 hours in one day. Let's take out sleep and maybe just regular chores, maybe 10 hours. So there's 14 hours left. Um, before you had Christ knowledge, you still used to use those 14 hours for something. Right, and you still also used to have in all your interactions with people, there's a way you used to talk. Do you get me? Um, based on how you talk and how you interact with people is based on your agreements. One that is a very very obvious agreement is maybe your your cultural background, your ethnicity. Right, that is a very very obvious agreement. So some of us Igbo, some of us some of them Yoruba, we have it in different varying degrees. There are some people that are very Igbo. <laughs> Do you get me? There are people that are also very Europa. Those are agreements. Those are varying degrees of agreements with the culture. Those people who are very, very Europa. You see, when they find even their own Europa person, when they, they, they will say this one is Oibo. <laughs> so that's, the person can speak Europa, but because the person is not speaking with phonetics. <laughs> And maybe some of the, you know, some of the, their Luba language is very deep. All so those deep meanings. They don't, they can't get that one and say, I know this one is. 
But uh, it's, it's, it's good that you are not deep, too deep. Amen. Because God wants to save us from these things too, from ethnicities. Yes. God wants to save us from ethnicities. It's part of the way the enemy uses to divide us. In this part of the world, it's white and black. When, it's funny, when you come to abroad, Canada and U.S., is we 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 don't see ourselves as ethnicity again. We don't see ourselves as black and white because we have a bigger problem. <laughs> it is <laughs> But when you go back to Nigeria, oh, is everybody become? <laughs> yeah. Everybody yeah. In the ethnic bubble. <laughs> so it tells me that the thing is not the thing. Mm. It's just to divide us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's just to divide us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Black, there's black solidarity here, but back home there's no black solidarity like that. They kill each other. They have tribal fights. This one, that one, that one. But one, the same person that may have tribal issues. When he moved to Canada, all the black, we are comrades. Because now there's another one. There's another enemy. This is it's all div- divisions. It's not the thing. Jesus' culture is the thing. It's a one thing. It's a one culture. He's looking for people from every nation, every tongue, every tribe. The Lord will have us, will want us. Part of the journey of righteousness is that you find yourself more aligned with the kingdom than with your tribe. If that is not happening, salvation is not really complete yet. Yeah. More aligned with the, they call it the father's house, like Melchizedek was. Without father, without mother. He had earthly father, he had earthly mother. But by genetics, he, when you check his genetics, it's in a strange color. From earth, earthly genetics to God genetics. By reason of infusion of laws, laws, righteousness, laws, judgment, wisdom. Information, the blood of Jesus. It means the blood just has the genetics of God. You need to you need to drink that blood to change your own blood, your own genetics. Then you as well can come to a place where you'll be without, you know, without in that spiritual sense. Without father, without mother, without descent. That's eternal life. Without beginning or days of days, no end of life. That's eternal life. Praise God. Like you see, this journey, the journey is far, but the journey is attainable by agreements. That's how you attain the journey. By making agreements with what you are hearing. By being committed to the path of righteousness. Praise the name of the Lord, somebody. So now I was getting more granular. When the word of God is coming, let's say for example, let's now take that example and maybe you were very, very ethnic. Very in your day-to-day dealings. Do you get me? That most of the time, let's say, let me use Yoruba for example. Maybe most of the day you, you speak your, your native language. Even though sometimes you'll be talking to people who don't speak your language. Do you get me? Most of the time. So you, because you just have that thing. Yeah, when word of God is coming and Christ is coming, it will, it will check that thing. It will. If we, uh, so one of the 
one of the natures that you're actually disagreeing with wrong agreements and agreeing with the Lord is that in your now that day, in your day-to-day life, when you are talking to somebody you know, maybe is not of your tribe, you will now make extra effort to reach out. Are you seeing that? You see that, so those are, that's one practical, uh, that's why, because I, I first that thought, uh, that's, he just brought out that example. That's one practical way that you will see that the agreement with the world is changing your genetics. It will begin to change you granularly on a day-to-day basis, how you relate to people. Before you used to keep malice, now you are fighting not to keep malice. That is a change. It's a practical daily change. Before you are quick to speak back. But now Christ has taught you to be temperate. And to be patient. And to be forgiving. That's a daily change. Change has begun. I remember one brother I used to teach. For some time, I was teaching for over a year. And he, he used to live in the eastern part of Canada. With his family. With his siblings. He moved to Edmonton just by himself. So when the siblings came to visit... And I went to visit them. We had a meeting, fellowship. The elder brother came to me. <laughs> the elder brother came to me and said, Pastor James, thank you. Because we know this boy. <laughs> the boy has changed. <laughs> they could test see the impact on a day-to-day basis. Because they stayed with him for over a week. They could see the physical, the, how he interacts, how he talks. It has changed. They knew him from back there. So what has happened? Word. Agree, new agreements have come into his life. If new agreement does not come into your life, you will keep the old agreement. For sure. You will keep the old. You cannot resist not keeping the old agreement. In fact, you'll be adding some worse ones. <laughs> because I told you every day you're being ministered to. You may be adding some worse agreements as long as there's no new agreement coming to fight it. So the instrument of change for the better is the instrument of righteousness. Amen. Praise the name of If any soul wants to change, he must engage in the hearing of righteousness. Now, why he is engaged in the hearing of righteousness is a second enmity. The second enmity is the existing righteousness or agreements he has, which are competing with what is coming. Now, back to the, because I want to make it plain and practical, the example of being ethnicity. Do you get me? If maybe you are partial to your own tribe, your own ethnicity, not so, and it's something, it's an agreement you have growing up, how you grew up, how you view other people, other tribes, you have a bias, whatever it is. Or maybe it's a white man growing up, though he's a Christian, family's a Christian, but everything he sees about black people is jail, gone. Jail, gun, prison. Not wearing clothes, half clothes, sagging. That's the only thing you see on TV. <laughs> Do you get me? So how would this agreement be? After a while, you start making agreements. That if you're in a company and you're the boss of a black person, you better be, 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 be suspecting. Is he actually working well? I'm sure some of us have felt that one. You'll be, you'll be second-guessed. You'll be double-checked. Because somewhere in the mind, there's an agreement that says that they are not up to par. 
Am I touching something? They are not up to par with. You get with white people or whatever. This somewhere subconsciously they don't even call on. They call on bias or discrimination when they actually acted out. It's called discrimination. But most Caucasians, most whites, many of them they have some kind of bias inside in the subconscious that somewhere subconscious they may not say it, but they feel better because of what they have seen. Am I communicating? Now, for God to change that thing, a man, you can't have Christ formed in you and have that thing. You can't. Christ will fight that thing. The word of God will fight that thing. He will come after it. Where there is neither Jew nor Greek. It's not how the Bible says. Yeah. <laughs> it is neither Jew nor Greek. So the word of God will come after that thing to judge it. Now, when the thing is coming, you will know it's coming for you. It's not actually you. It's, why you call it you is because you bought the, you've made agreement. You made covenant with it. What we call James, before God, Christ came to James, is not James. It's evil spirits. James just went to marketplace over the years and bought things from evil spirits. Do you get it? And the congregation of those things that he bought, what do they call it? James. <laughs> Amen. That's what he will now call it. And you see why the Bible will never jump that school of telling you about you dying daily. It's not about physical death. It's about dying to those agreements you've made. For we overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and we love not our lives. It has nothing to do with physical death. Until the death. What, what is your life? Your life is those agreements that you are using for living. Those covenants you've made with hell and death. Agreements with what the God of this world, uh, through this world, we bought it from the world. But really, anything you bought from this world, who did you buy it from? From the God of this world. The controller of this world. So when a man says, hey, you think, well, I'm a worldly Christian, I like myself like that. No, it's wrong. It means you like what Satan is selling. He's not directly selling it, but he's selling it through the world to you. He's not directly selling it. Huh? The owner of Hugo Boss, maybe his name is Hugo Boss. You never see him come and sell you his shirt. But whose shirt are you wearing? <laughs> is the shirt you're wearing? Versace. Is the shirt you're wearing? But you will never, you've never seen him in your life. No, would you ever see him in your life? <laughs> Physically, very likely. But is the one that was you, is him that you are paying the money to. So the God of this world framed this world. So when we buy things from this world, we are buying him. No matter how nice they look, his vanity is lost. So when we buy it and wear it, we have made agreement with hell and death. That's what they are saying. And so, Christ, righteousness, comes to break those agreements. But there is one key thing. This I really want to talk is your will. You are agreeing, agreeing to break the agreements. That's the first thing you have to agree to. You can't break the agreement by yourself. Let me just tell you. Because it was not a physical, it was not flesh and blood that sold the agreement to you. It was a spirit, an evil spirit. There is nobody can break covenant of hell and the agreement with hell and death by themselves. You will need the help of the grace of the word. 
of the from the Holy Ghost, grace and truth. We need those powers from revelation, righteousness, judgment that will give you energy. It will help you. And how does it help you? It will instruct you. Amen. Let's make it practical again. So now, you are a white man. You have a bias. <laughs> Do you get me? You feel that they are not up to your par. You feel that they are not good. They, they want to steal from you. They want to do this and that. When you start hearing Christ, you know the instruction Christ will start giving you. The instruction will be giving you, Christ will give you instruction of how to submit to that black man. How to buy him something for his birthday. How to promote him. That's the instruction Christ will be giving you. But by doing the buying, promotion him, submitting to him, what are you breaking? You are breaking the bias. That's how you break it. You are breaking the bias. So when you see somebody, sometimes, let me use malice for example. When you see somebody that you hate, and the Lord will instruct you to go and buy something for the person. Opportunity has come. James put it this way. Count it all joy. Opportunity has landed for you to break your covenant. That's what we don't know. We think God, Jesus just likes to suffer us. Just suffer, suffer. Oh, I'm, I'm always the one. I, I'm always my pro- the problem. I'm always the one having to forgive. I'm always the one having to forbear. I'm always the one having to not, not do this, not do that. Not. No, the opportunity, they are bringing massive opportunity to break covenant. Okay, because otherwise, what would you naturally do? You wouldn't forgive, naturally. It means it's a covenant. It means it's an, an agreement. By nature, you will keep the malice. It means it's a covenant. It means it's an agreement. And that's what you just be doing. So when they are now coming, they now have to give you another instruction as against your covenant, as against your agreement to help you break it. And that's what we call suffering. It's painful. It's painful. Yes. Let it pay. Let them go. <laughs> Read the wrong agreement, let them go. Let them go. So that I can be free indeed. Whomsoever the Son has set free is free indeed. He's not born again just like that only. He's breaking covenants. Because if you are under covenant of hell and death, agreement with hell, you are not free yet. Here. You are not yet free in here. And the only way is not by is not by prayer. After you pray, they will give you the revelation, the instruction of how you can't pray out on forgiveness. Have we tried it before? We've tried it now. You can't pray out on forgiveness. You can't pray it out. You pray, 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 pray. You will see the person till you come back again. But when they want to answer you finally in that prayer, when they want, they will answer you with an instruction. Maybe there is something that God can design for you to buy for that person. That will finally break that. God knows that. The Holy Ghost has the intelligence. He has to. He knows it's something that you do. And it will be painful because you are doing it for. It's almost like you are doing it for your enemy. The person will now be laughing. Ah, will now be bloating over you. Let him bloat. Let me be free. You can laugh. I will be free. It's okay. Amen. 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. This is Christ. This is, are you seeing granular Christ? This is where Christ comes into our little, little detail and begins to fight with us with instructions to break covenants, to break agreements. This is where the rubber meets the road. So the Christ you are hearing, by the time you go on into Monday, you go into Tuesday, you go into Wednesday, you have to keep hearing him more. You'll be finding, just watch it as you, now that you have sensitized you to it. You'll be finding opportunities. Yes, you'll be finding opportunities to break covenants. Yes. Praise the name of the Lord. And it will come by instruction. It's not just that you just go and start doing. <laughs> you will come by. Uh, opportunity will come. They will arrange it. And then Holy Ghost, instruction will come in that righteousness. You will know what's inside they want you to do. If you, don't, if you are just doing it by yourself, you are not breaking anything. <laughs> you are just wasting your money, wasting your energy, wasting your take care, your, I'm sorry. <laughs> Only because that's what we want to set it up. Why? Because the thing was pain. If it's an agreement, for you to lose it, it must be painful. Yeah. Yeah. It must cost you something. It's an agreement, so it costs you something. It costs you something. Amen. Amen. Ah, glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Do we have any questions? We're going to read a little bit further and then we'll round up. Do we have any questions? Um, I think I've made the announcement before, um, just upcoming, just for those who are keeping it in mind, uh, of our, uh, we, the, I think Ottawa will have the School of the Spirit in January, and then um, for Edmonton, our, our Calgary here, uh, all of us here will have the, our worship night. Uh, I know the timing is a bit, so whoever is contemplating coming, let us know so that you can let me know so that we can... Uh, uh, make the, all the arrangements that we need to make for you. Uh, for the Ottawa School of Spirit, we've, uh, we have the hotel space rooms, the hotel we're going to be staying at, uh, and uh, uh, so we're going to be booking them in the next few weeks. Um, so there's still additional space, so if you want, if people make last-minute decisions, hopefully not last-minute, but we'll still be able to accommodate them. And the same thing with if you're coming to Edmonton next month as well. Well, we have a lot of places that you can stay at. They will accommodate you and uh, and you would have a good time by God's grace. Amen. 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 Uh, is there anything else? Is there any other? Yeah, that's it. Okay, that's it. Amen. Uh, I think uh, for December, uh, our schedule may be a bit different because of those events coming up. So I'll communicate that by WhatsApp. I know obviously the uh, the week before the worship night, which is on the 24th, we won't have Bible study like this. Uh, I think in, we, we, we're going to be having prayer meetings. So it will still be Bible study time, but it will be like a prayer meeting uh, for the programs, the worship event and also the uh, Canada School of the Spirit as well. Um, so I think after the first two Sundays of December, we practically will not have this official Calgary uh, Bible study till uh 
um, I'm guessing early January. So um, we can yeah till till January. So I'll communicate that uh, in due time uh, by by WhatsApp uh, as well our WhatsApp group. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, let's read on a little bit. God has blessed us already. I I, I feel like I can even close here. Not so. God has uh, God has really blessed us. It was a it was a labor in the spirit to bring this about, but God did it. The Lord did it. We are we are seeing it. We are seeing Christ on a granular basis. We are seeing Christ. We are seeing what it does. How the effect. It will have an effect on you. It should have an effect on you. Yes, uh, on the on the day to day basis. Uh, praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, so let's keep reading uh, Ephesians chapter 1 a little bit uh, so we can wrap up today. Amen. Verse 8. For God is my record. How greatly I long after you in the, in the bowels of Jesus Christ. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in what? In knowledge and in all judgment. Now, whenever you see the word knowledge... Another one in Isaiah 28, you saw it as righteousness and judgment. So, knowledge is righteousness because it's the knowledge of God, which is Christ. So, knowledge, the knowledge of God is Christ. So, Christ is knowledge. Then, judgment is talking about head. Head. One who has understanding. Perfect understanding. Which is the Father. Now, I'll break it down just a little bit more now. Now, let's use a law court for an example. Amen? Let's say in the law court, I am the judge. Uh, let's say maybe Lotena. <laughs> Lotena is on the stand. <laughs> He's the one being charged. <laughs> Iyanu is a defense lawyer. Jennifer is the prosecutor. <laughs> Amen? My job as the judge is to hear what Iyanu has to say on behalf of Lotena. Hear what Jennifer has to say as what happened based on her evidence. I have to understand what Yanu has said, understand what Jennifer has said, and make my own timeline of events. Are you saying that? Then, out of the arrangement of the timeline of, of events based on my understanding, I will now give my judgment. Are you saying that? So, really, what is judgment? Judgment is understanding. Judgment is, is perfect understanding because judgment is a, an edict or an action to be taken based out of perfect understanding of situations. That's judgment. So judgment is higher than righteousness. So in the terminology, there's a song, we go from life to everlasting life to eternal life with you, Jesus. So life is Christ. Which is knowledge. Amen. That Christ will prosper unto everlasting life. So life to everlasting life. Which is judgment. Sense. Understanding. Means once you've, you will comprehend the Christ. And know how to use him perfectly. That's judgment. Praise God. What I say? You will comprehend the Christ. And then what? And know how to use him. Perfectly. That's judgment. 
Yeah, but that's why you see my father is greater than I. It was that's that statement. It's a head. Judgment is head. So and I this and pray verse 9 that your love may abound yet more and more. Is it in life and everlasting life? In Christ and in the everlasting life of the Father. So more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Semicolon, that ye may approve. You see, when you come into all judgment, you'll be able to approve things that are perfect. Things that ye may approve things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere. Well, sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Verse 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ unto the glory and praise of God. But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest, my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all the other places. And many of the brethren in the world, waxing confidence by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife. And some also of goodwill. I, just, I want to bring out a point from this. Some preach the, some indeed preach Christ, even of envy and strife. And some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds. But the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. Verse 18. What then, notwithstanding, every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. For I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer, and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. So what was happening is that Paul was like the scapegoat in bonds. Do you get me? Paul was like the scapegoat in bonds, and God took advantage of it using wisdom. And all manners of people were now preaching Christ. Some of them, I'm sure, I'm sure I know what they'll be saying. They say, no, that Paul, that Christ Paul is preaching. It's not really that Christ doesn't want you to suffer. Oh. Christ wants you to do everything is sweet and sweet. Whereas some people were preaching the Christ also in, you know, some were preaching it as an adversary to Paul. Amen. That's verse 16. The one preached Christ of contention, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my bonds, and the other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel. But what did what Paul, Paul was a Christ too. Amen. He had the knowledge of Christ. He, had, he was living the Christ life. He knew what God was doing. He was like, God, no matter, as long as people are getting born again, whether they are believing that Christ doesn't cause people to suffer, you are getting born again, I'm fine. Whether you are understanding it really and seeing the sufferings of Christ, I'm also fine. In all things, as long as salvation is prospering, I am okay. So, praise God. God, God is looking, there's a wisdom I want to bring up. God is looking for carcasses. For where the carcass is, there the eagles will gather. God is looking for men who will lay down their life for the gospel. There will be those men in bonds. Bond servant to Jesus. Their aroma will begin to smell. The eagles, the birds of the air, will begin to come and feast on them. Some out of whatever, insincerity, some out of sincerity. But as long as they are coming to God, as a result of your sacrifice, 
You're laying down your life, your commitment to the world, to the world, your commitment to the ministry of righteousness. Amen. God will take advantage of that sacrifice and use it to win many. That's what Paul was. That's what Paul was. Some people, when they saw Paul preaching, them so they became preachers. <laughs> because say it's working. Because once you start preaching, people start gathering to you. Ah, the thing becomes people start getting. Ah, ah. So people can gather. Okay, now ah, this is the thing that's going on now, man. Let's go and get Mike. <laughs> and keyboard. And start clapping our hands. What song are they singing there? Jesus, Jesus. Okay, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> But God is like, it's okay. They get, people will still gather, and some people will now gain sense. They get me. After they've discovered it, <laughs> but they will be born again. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. That's is the wisdom of God. I'm just extracting out. I remember, uh, uh, we're done for today. Uh, I remember many years ago. So they showed me this. It was, there was one new reigning pastor in Lagos. Uh, his name is Apostle Yellow Man. Oh. <laughs> he always went yellow. And then the way they used to advertise the ministry, he said the finest girls in Lagos are in this church. <laughs> so oh. they, they play right? <laughs> and people, you know, people, play, people will be coming and be giving offering. And I was not looking at it. I've had the thing, but I don't realize that. And the guy is saying in the name of Jesus, Abi, he's opening Bible to even if he knows what he's in, everybody knows he knows what he's doing. Money is coming, people are bringing offering. But do you know sometimes some sisters who are unbelievers, very carnal, may be attracted to such a place, and they will come. Ah, okay, I feel okay now. We're all carnal here. One day Jesus will catch them really, even in that place. They will now truly be born again. Then eventually, what will happen is that somebody with sense will now advise them. <laughs> they should leave. Leave for the yellow man. I go to go to a proper yeah. place and serve. Yeah. But all in all, is God not glorified? Yes. 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 Do you know who God Jesus can use select church? Yep. Yeah. People get his praise what they do normal song, they sing normal song, they do in Jesus' name, they just have some funny things too. But many yeah. people get born again. I know a pastor today who is five in Select Church. Yeah. And even is the prophet in the Select Church was the one who prophesied he would be a pastor. So I thought maybe a Select Church pastor, no. But later God now helped him out of there. But he started there. Just know that our God is vast and wise. Yeah. The way he so allows all manners of... Go ahead, Dr. Sorry. Sorry, it's not that it may be a bit off point, but I'm just wondering. So, so if God can work in those churches, like you're saying, and save a few people, those people that are like the chief people in that church, is it that he does not love them enough to also save them? Or like, why are they still... Year after year after year, without you know changing, without and changing. Yes. Yes. yes, yes. It's not that God doesn't love them enough. It's because God has tried, but they were not, they became unreachable after a while. 
because they they actually one one pro, one big problem with man is if something is working for you, it's difficult to change. It's a big problem. If you are, you are branding yourself as Apostle Yellow Man, and people and you're finding girls and you're bringing money and you're collecting money, you get me. Uh, money is entering. It's difficult for it to change. So well, that's those are the kinds of potential people. I don't know. Maybe it has changed. I don't know. Maybe anybody can change, right? But those are the you know some of the kinds of people that the Lord can speak of. In in remember in the Bible where it says those some people will come in those they say Lord Lord have we not cast out devils in your name, done miracles in your name? Then he now says look at the word. What just watch the words of Jesus. Is it that you find a revelation? Away from me. Ye workers of iniquity. Why? I know you not. So when I try to bring you my knowledge, you reject it. Are you seeing now? So, now, hear me. When God is bringing you his knowledge, he's bringing you his love. That's it. If you reject it now, nobody can say God is not just. Anytime God loves a man, he brings him revelation. Yeah. He brings him some insight, some knowledge. He's a break, we, have, we begin to have a breakthrough of knowledge. He's, a, he's, an, he's an exhibit of God's love. So now, what you do with the knowledge is now up to you. Aha. Uh-huh. Praise God. I bet you most of those people who are like that, they've heard how other places are. He's speaking to them. They've seen that is knowledge. They've seen how maybe some other churches are designed. Yeah. Uh, and so it's in, they know and they've rejected it. Aha. Uh-huh. Praise God. So there's nothing much God can do at that point. Any other questions? Well, I think I've answered that one well, Abby. Have I? Yes, yes. Uh-huh. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, that was a very funny video. It was so obvious that you see the billboard. <laughs> and then, as, as he's preaching, he's, he's collecting offering. He's going to bring money. He's going to come and collect blessing. You know, so, so obviously, many of those, so those things are wrong. Those, his approach, his arrangement of ministry. And he actually used to wear yellow suits. So that's why they call him. He's not the one that called himself Apostle Yellow Man. He's what the media called him. <laughs> Wears yellow suit every day, <laughs> amen. But God, you know, God can use anything. God can use anything. But now, when a soul is coming further into the love of God, now uh, let me just spend a few minutes to just explain that love of God even more to you. The love of God is also in degrees, but God cannot be more. God is just, not so. Uh, God is not respecter of persons. So, even when God has say, I have shown mercy, I will show mercy unto, I have shown mercy, you must be justified for that mercy. Like Jacob was. So, even though he showed mercy to Jacob, Esau was still the firstborn. Was still the first person to come out of the womb. And God made it so. So that if it's Jacob, Jacob will be justified for having the blessing. Give it to the person who doesn't, that's how God works. If the person that God says he has, he has hated though, he will make sure that person has the first shot at it for him to be just. God is always just. So, you know how the Bible will say that he causes his son to shine. Did I touch something? <laughs> I'm sorry, let me ask. Go ahead. Okay, so, so if, if the 
Yes. Can you still call it just even when God knew that Esau was going to steal? Let, let me put this in mm-hmm. quotes. Like, I mean, God knows everything, right? Yes. He already knew that Esau was going to, you know, mess up and sell his best right and all that. So, if, did he really start the chance? That's my question. Like, yes, did he, he did. Start the he actually did. When God says he already knew all things, he just God just knows. It's not like he has he has forced you. He just knows all the outplays of mannerisms of scenarios of life for every soul. He's just a knowledge thing. It's that's that's his, that's how he is. But he he did. If Esau, if Esau did not sell his birthright for a porridge of rab, of 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 porridge of a plate of porridge, he would have had the birthright. If Esau was not always outside, you can, there are many scenarios that happened that day. Do you get me? That Esau would have had the bet right. But he actually lost it when he sold that bet right for the porridge. And are you saying that nobody forced him to sell it? Are you saying the, the attitude he had behind it? That was him. So that was that was fully him, not God. God did not even touch him. Not not even tell him to sell him. God did not even visit nothing. Him by himself. He's very deep. But the one thing we know about God, about that all-knowingness of God, uh-huh, is something that God can tell who and who will love his blessing or not. God can tell. But that does not that does not such short change him of allowing the free flow of free will to make choices. And guess what? You know in the Bible, some people have surprised God before. How do I know? Ahab. Remember? Ahab, Elijah, God sent Elijah that this day you will die. Or the next day, and told him how he will die. Ahab rent his clothes and in true repentance, began to began to pray to God. God was surprised. <laughs> this wicked man. <laughs> you spoil my show. I already, I already this. I already finished you. I already finished. <laughs> the way Ahab repented, God knew that he would not be just to still kill him the same way he decided to kill him. Are you saying so? God can adjust things based on justice. Another one who shot God was David. You will not know this one. But in a good way. God was actually surprised that David could think to build him a house. Hapa. Moses saw me from my back. Glory, everything. Did not think it. Abraham. This one, that one. Now, one boy. David. David, I even anointed him. I didn't give him any, tr- any throne. He was chased up and down by Saul. Many people would have, would have cursed God since. And the first thought he had when he finally got the throne, let me build a house for my God. God woke Nathan up in the middle of the night. Please, something has happened in Israel. <laughs> and the way, if you read that, sometimes when God talks, you can tell. God, you know some people say something has happened in Israel, you just think it's just this generation. When God said that same, something has happened in Israel, he was talking about since the birth of Israel. That's what he was talking. Since the birth of Israel, this this something that has just happened tonight has never happened. 
That was David. No, it was not Holy Ghost that put that thought in David. That's what I'm trying to say. Not Holy Ghost. <laughs> it wasn't the Holy Ghost. Yeah. It was David's nature of searching out God. He went and he, he thought to that place. He thought to that place. He thought to that place. It means he cared about God. You know, if you really care about somebody, you'll be a deep thinker concerning that person. If you really, really care about someone, you'll be a deep thinker. What's a deep thought? Ah, God likes Ark. Ark here, Ark there. He's always following Ark. God likes temple building. You get me? God likes Ark. God likes tent. God likes dwelling. Tabernacle. We never told Moses to build Tabernacle. Tabernacle, ark, tent, dwelling. He will always come on mountain. So what is he looking for? So David was thinking, thinking, thinking about God, thinking about the world, thinking. And just thinking brought him to the place. I've seen something that God is missing. House, house, tabernacle. He's always looking to come and dwell somewhere. He had to think, it's his love, he's a lover. Uh-huh. He's a lover of God. He taught there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Are we blessed in the house today? We are blessed. Yes, yes. So, thank God. Me self, I'm blessed. <laughs> God has helped us to live. I don't know what Philippians had to offer. Praise God. <laughs> For God has, God has uh, made us to journey and find out some things in there. Amen. Some Amen. thoughts in the spirit. I wanted to bless us with today. So summary, summary, summary. The word of God is coming to change us. Is that simple? Yeah, well, yet yeah, not simple. Why is it not simple? We already have existing agreements in place that makes us want to not change. And so the warfare is in being meek enough to pe- allow the permeation, the word to permeate. I allow the world to correct. I allow the world to instruct you in a new manner of living. Even on a day-to-day basis. Which is in Christ. Father, we thank you today. We give you praise. We exalt your holy name. Thank you for this blessing. Thank you for this understanding. Thank you for blessing us again in the house. We exalt your holy name. All adoration be unto you, my Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank you so much, thank you so much. Thank you so much, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the breakthrough of light. Thank you for the breakthrough in Christ. Thank you so much for you are, you are, you are breaking through in us. 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 Change will happen. We'll come into light. We'll come into understanding. We'll come into a settlement of Christ, on the Father, and in God, in the mighty name of Jesus. We are prayed. Amen. Amen. Thank you everyone for joining again. God bless you. Have a wonderful week ahead. My prayer for you is that the Lord will bless you. The Lord will keep you. The Lord will cause his face to shine upon you this week. He will give you a great and awesome week ahead. 
in a mighty Amen. name. He'll give you instructions for your week on a pay-time basis. You will prosper in Christ. You will prosper in righteousness. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim, shine forth. You dwells between the cherubim.